Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, all people who are doing big things in their space. And uh, we talk to CEOs, we talk to athletes, we talk to scientists at different times, and, and a whole bunch of different things, people that are doing really cool things. And today is one of those days we are going to speak to somebody that uh, I know we're going to take a lot away from, especially considering the time of the year. Just before we jump into that, a couple of quick things that we want to make sure that um, that we highlight is that uh, it is that time of year where people are starting to figure out what they want want to do moving forward. We have a couple of things on the website that um, help with that. One is there is the big move plan, which is basically just a downloadable plan that uh, you can access through the website. It's free. Take a look at it. It just helps you kind of structure some of the thinking around that. Um, And that's at www.bigideabigmoves.com. And you'll see that pop up come out right away. Um, Definitely access it. I'm sure it'll help. The other thing is if you go to the enrichment page, um, not only do we have a lot of resources and books from some of the guests that we've had on over the time period uh, uh, at Big Idea, Big Moves. Um, There's also what's called a high performance planner. Um, You might want to take a look at that. It actually gives you um, a full kind of journaling aspect to it. It has a day planner. It has, um, you know, a a goal setting area. It's actually just a really cool place um, to to really start with some of that 2021 planning. So you can access that. And again, it's www.bigideabigmoves.com. The one other thing is if you're looking for a really valuable publication and resource for fitness, health, and nutrition, you should check out Impact Magazine. The recent issue features Mark McMorris, who's a snowboarder. Definitely take a look at that. And uh, you can access it in a number of different ways. You can find it on Instagram. You can connect with our information. We often are tagging them uh, in in things recently. Um, The other one is just go directly to www.impactmagazine.ca and take a look at the resources they have available. The other one is uh, Epitome HR. Um, they bring proven and innovative solutions to address the, the unique HR stuff that is happening right now, some of the challenges that uh, different businesses are having. Um, it's a full-service boutique uh, consulting firm that helps transform your organization by putting people, processes, and your employer brand all together in uh, the front of mind of of those people that are coming to you. So uh, definitely check them out. It's www.epitomehr.com. So E-P-I-T-O-M-E-H-R.com. And then we're going to jump right into the interview today. Uh, Again, I'm I'm really excited today to have uh, Callie Rikas. She is the founder and CEO of Bolo, um, which is a really cool concept we're going to talk about where it's a a gym, a cafe, um, a salon, kind of all together in one and in kind of a a wellness hub. So um, like most entrepreneurs, though, she's she's probably had to make some changes and pivots over the last little while because of COVID. So we'll talk a bit about that. And uh, especially because she's built a real community around her organization. Um, She started her career as a television journalist and producer at CTV's eTalk. She uh, turned to focus on freelance and and build her personal training portfolio. Um, And then she went full steam into creating uh, that full wellness space of uh, Bolo. So uh, really great stuff to hear about today. But um, thanks for taking the time, uh, Callie. Really appreciate it. 
My pleasure. I live for these conversations. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem at all. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I know that uh, you have a reputation of being kind of that really high energy kind of hustling kind of person is um, with everything going on with COVID right now, just personally, before we get into this stuff, how has it been for you to, to kind of deal with that? Because uh, even just personally as an entrepreneur, it can be difficult. Oh my God. Understatement of the century. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, a whirlwind and definitely, um, yeah, I, I have always been a positive person and a, and a strong person and known as such. And I certainly uh, have to admit that my mental health has taken an extreme toll over the last nine months um, or 10 or wherever we're at at this point. <laughs> yeah. I lost count. But, um, but at the same time, I do believe that these experiences of, of resilience and kind of digging deep, um, they're they're not to be kind of overlooked as important moments uh, to learn from, to learn more about ourselves, uh, to learn more about what we need, what we want. Um, and with each chapter, and certainly as an entrepreneur, there are so many difficult chapters uh, to yeah. kind of get through. And this is definitely one of them. Uh, but I've tried to really see it more as like a privilege to go through it and to learn from it. And just understanding that after, after all this, I'm going to be much more, um, much more just equipped for, you know, possibly the craziest things that could happen as a person, as a woman, as a wife, as a daughter, as an entrepreneur and, and all the other things that, that, that I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the one thing when I talk to anybody and regardless of whether they're entrepreneurs or, or kind of from different areas, the, the resiliency muscle is the, the thing that everybody is, I, I think, really building this year. So um, um, and we'll probably jump back into that a little bit, too. But maybe we'll we'll um, start the conversation. Just um, you've you've had a, a different career path to get to where you are right now. Um, why don't you track us through a little bit about, you know, going back to, you know, you being in the, the television business and making a making that decision that you wanted to uh, do something a little bit different um, and how did how did that come about from your end yeah um, definitely I've I feel like I've already lived nine lives um, hopefully not yet but um, I yeah I started my career in television I actually went to school for uh, for psychology and ended up finding my way to political science at the time and and I'm you know I'm not a spring chicken but at the time I, I I really thought that being kind of like a news broadcaster or being in, in kind of like hard news was the only way to get into TV and journalism. Yeah. And um, I noticed that I, I love to write, I love to express myself, but I was like kind of lacking for the passion in subject matter. Um, at the time I, you know, I was really into fashion. I was really into pop culture, but I didn't really know how to channel that. And an opportunity came about before I was even done school to be an intern at eTalk. And it kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh yeah, people do this. People, people create this content that I consume every day. And yeah. it was like this aha moment of like, oh wow, yeah, no, I could do that. Um, at the time, obviously I had, didn't have a radio and television degree and that was sort of like unheard of. Yeah. Uh, but I, <laughs> I found my way in there and I just like do what I always do, which is to like kind of come in into a sliver opening and then... <laughs> create like a big opening for myself. Um, I knew absolutely nothing about television. I had to like, and remember this was before we had like kind of Google at our fingertips. And I was like, had to write down questions and then look it up later. Um, and, and you know, the muscle that I started training then, which has been super, super critical to my 
career now is to learn on, on the go. Uh, I, you know, I had no knowledge. I had no mentors. I just kind of like went for it. I never said no. I kept saying yes. I kept, um, creating opportunities for myself where I wanted people to know I was, you know, irreplaceable and invaluable. And, uh, and that's how it all began. I spent eight years at eTalk kind of working my way up the ranks. Um, I ended up being a senior producer there. And then I was poached by The Social, which is uh, Canada's kind of daytime TV talk show. Um, and they brought me over. And that's when I started to so I was a competitive boxer in my spare time. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of started to marry my two passions for television and journalism with my passion for fitness. Um, I was on the fitness and wellness uh, beat there at the social. And it's kind of when I started to, yeah, just like dip my toe into what it would feel like to, instead of talking about fashion and entertainment, predominantly focus on fleshing out fitness stories and, and creating content that people at home would find valuable for their own lives. Um, and it was at that time that it really ignited something within me where I was like, wow, no, I have a, a very specific story that I come from to tell. And I have a unique ability to, to communicate with people. And, um, and I, I felt really called to kind of like leave the chapter of TV behind as a producer and kind of flesh out um, opportunities to tell more stories that I had more control over, which is when I started to um, do more expert work or in front of the camera as opposed to behind the camera uh, to write for magazines and to do all those things. And it kind of like one, one thing led to another. Well, and it, it seems like there's there's a number of spots with, which are a little bit innate to you, it sounds like, is, is when you see an opportunity. I mean, a lot of people would have been extremely worried and maybe not move forward if they, they weren't 100% sure they could do that job. Um, what role did that play for you, in, in, and probably still does, about taking risks at certain times that, um, you know, maybe, um, you know, your, your confidence level allows you to take that? Is, is that something that, you know, is, is that real for you, I guess? hundred uh, percent. Fake it till you make it is like, it's not just a, a slogan. It's like literally going to be on my tombstone. And um, I think it's just the confidence in myself to know that I am equipped with, you know, the ability to learn and to, um, to put all my energy and, and my best foot forward into everything that I do and just trusting that that I, that I can do it. And I think that that's, that's a huge thing that, that people lack is just this, this, it's like trust falling into yourself. You know what I mean? Um, to catch yourself and to know that like, you got this. And even if you take a little tumble, like you're going to pick yourself back up. And, and again, I think I don't have an immense fear of failure and that I think has also played a big role. Um, Where does that I think come from? You know what? I'm actually not 100% certain. That's a great question. I think, you know, over time, um, I just realized that, you know, you can stress over the small things and what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? And again, like we talked about with the pandemic, like, you know, what I've been through could be seen as like a massive failure um, in some ways, but in other ways, it's like so much, it's like an overload of information that's going to make me su successful in the next chapter and the chapters after that. And so I think it's just this like reframing the failures thing. 
um, that helps to not be fearful of them, but in fact, to, to kind of welcome them as like beautiful bits of information that will help you uh, just have better, more and more well-rounded knowledge in the future. Now, where did the um, where did the concept of bolo come from? Um, because I, I, I mean, it is pretty unique in how you've combined things in a in and really kind of built a community, which I'm sure has also translated a little better than some other places during this kind of you know what's what's happening right now. Maybe just where did that concept come from, and and why the the combination that you've you've put together? Yeah. So. Um... Like I said, at the time I was freelance, freelancing in, in journalism. Um, I took on some personal training clients after getting certified in all the little things. And um, I had this kind of unique perspective on, on the industry as like a, you know, a, an avid consumer. I was like loved classes. I loved the fitness community. Um, I was also a professional. So I was taking clients um, at a little boxing gym uh, at Young and Bloor area. And then as well, um, I had this kind of like influencer side of things uh, as my profile on Instagram kind of grew and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So I had all these kind of unique perspectives. And in each perspective, I felt like there was such a huge gaping gap uh, in the experience on all ends as a professional, as a consumer and, and as an expert. And um, I think like most entrepreneurs, I just, I started like making a, a tally of all the things that I thought that could be improved in the experience overall. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever wanted to be a gym owner. Like literally maybe even a year before the idea came to me, you could have asked me and I've been like, absolutely not. That is not like, that does not sound like a good time. That sounds a lot, like a lot of BS. Um, a lot of responsibility and, and I was really happy in my life as a freelancer, kind of running my own show and not really worrying about anyone else's whereabouts. Yeah. Um, but when the idea came to me to create this like holistic wellness experience for people, uh, where they could kind of get more things into their day without compromising the things that are really important to them. So for example, my dad and I used to go spinning on Saturday mornings at, together that was like our date we would you, we would go to spin classes together and we would want to get a coffee beforehand right so this this idea of like caffeine and fitness it's, it's been growing as as an experience and the fitness uh the spin studio that we went to in order to get a coffee and then get to the spin studio it was like literally we might as well have gone on like a road trip across yeah. the country it was like <laughs> it felt like the most difficult thing to accomplish and it was yeah. such a simple and beautiful marriage of these two kind of like cultures the coffee culture and the fitness culture and that was like one one moment where i was like why can't we just get a coffee here yeah. um like, why is it so difficult to, to get a coffee and to, to get a class and to have this beautiful social experience with my father before we did the class? I felt like we had to either, you know, compromise the social or compromise the sweat. And yeah. so those things, like, it didn't make sense to me. It's like, how's no one thought to put a coffee shop in the gym? So that was like one moment. Then as a, as a freelancer, I was always chasing my deadlines, trying to get my deadlines in however I could, in between meetings, in between workouts, whatever it was. And I would have to like get to a coffee shop, hop on the Wi-Fi, quickly bang out my stuff, close my laptop, get to the gym, get in my gear, get to the workout, get back to the coffee shop, 
find some gross food to eat that I wasn't excited about. Um, and then go to a meeting sweaty and feeling like a little bit frazzled. Yeah. And so I was like, this, again, this is so inefficient. What if there was also kind of like a, like a beautiful workspace where you could just like hop on the Wi-Fi, get a smoothie or a salad or whatever feels good or candy. We had a, we had a candy bar, um, whatever you want, but wh why isn't this like an easier experience? Yeah. And then to kind of even further that as a woman, you know, often I would hear clients and friends talk about not being able to work out that morning because they had a board meeting or not being able to work that evening because they had a date after. And it's like, okay, well, what do we need? Like, what do we need to, to kind of get rid of those excuses and not excuses as in like, that's an excuse It's more just like, we're like, we're living in 2021. Yep. How is this not been figured out yet? Like, how do we smooth yeah. this over? And so putting the blow dry bar in there, felt like a natural extension to just help people uh, feel confident in the decisions that they're making without having to, uh, to miss the things that are really important to them. Very cool. And, and so how is, um, I mean, we all know that, uh, you know, this, this year, and I guess we're in 2021 now, but this year has been difficult for a lot of places that, that do the same things you do. Um, yeah. you, I'm sure you've had to kind of pivot how you do things. That, that's the, that overused word that everybody's using right now, but it probably is pretty real with what um, people have had to do in your industry. Um, how's, that, how's that impacted you and, and how have you had to react to things? Yes. Well, it has impacted us in the greatest way possible. We actually yeah. announced um, in November that we were closing our physical studio yeah. um, due to the pandemic. And, um, you know, we had pivoted online already and that was something yeah. we were very committed to. Um, and immediately, you know, it's so important to me that the Bolo community, we're not just about exercising to exercise, to sweat, yeah. to sweat, to burn calories, to burn calories. Yeah. Um, we are like, again, this holistic approach, um, was really important to me to capture early on in the pandemic. So yes, we pivoted our classes online very early onto zoom and Instagram live. I also yeah. started a book club and a wine club, uh, for free for our members yeah. to join. Um, so we could have some sips together and, um, kind of also, escape our realities into these books and have beautiful conversations each week. So that was, that was something that was really critical for me. Um, and, uh, you know, we did lots of fun things. We had trivia nights. We did a, one of my trainers is a DJ and I am a very timid chef. Um, <laughs> and I figured what better time to kind of like explore the kitchen. Um, then, you know, when we have the, actually finally have the time as a CEO, I've never really had the time to like to go grocery shopping and, yeah. you know, prep food. It was like, you know, very, um, very, you know, quick transaction always for me with food. And so yeah. uh, we did these Instagram lives each week where she would DJ and I would cook and it was just silly and fun. And, and that was really critical to me. Um, we did reopen in October, mm -hmm. sorry, August to October. Um, and we honestly, we've been hanging on for dear life from the beginning, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. follow our, you know, the first studio that we had, the big studio was um, almost 8,000 square it's feet. It's big, right? Again, yeah. three, uh, three industries under one roof and all industries that were hit the hardest. So yeah. between like food and beverage and then fitness and then beauty, it was just um, honestly untenable. And um, you know, obviously it was a devastating blow to the community, but 
for me as an entrepreneur, it was really, really important for me to take a little bit of control back and to remove myself from the emotional piece of not wanting to fail at this and, and this, you know, sometimes we hold on to things a little bit too long because we like, we really want for it to be different. And my gut was telling me for a really long time that this version of Bolo lived a beautiful life when it was the lifestyle that, that was meant to be, to be answering these questions for. And when I looked at the pandemic and my gut was telling me that not only are we going to be here for some time still, but also that, you know, if Bolo exists to solve problems and answer questions for people, are the questions and the problems going to be the same post-pandemic? Will this lifestyle, this hustler, efficient, under one roof, never going home lifestyle still be the thing that, that is the thing that we need to help out with? And when I dug really deep, I, I'm actually not sure. And not to say that Bolo's done. We are so far from being it done. It just might look different though, right? Because, you know, I, I think you're right. There's, there's a society is, is changing and what we value is suddenly changed. And maybe how that looks is, yeah. is going to be quite different. Maybe. And, and again, you know, these are all gambles. We're all guessing. Uh, yep. But my gut, <laughs> I, I spent a long time ignoring it during the first half of the pandemic. And then I, you know, I decided to re-empower myself And that was a big, big, big pivotal moment for me um, over the last 10 months was uh, to stop questioning my gut and to start leading with it and uh, to to double down on my instincts, which is always what I've done. Um, I felt very powerless over the first six months, um, as I'm sure so many people did. And it was so critical for me to, yeah, to regain some of my sense of of confidence in in myself as a decision maker and as a leader. so that's kind of where we're at, but we're, we're, we've doubled down on online. Yeah. We've got a big project uh, that we're about to launch that I'm really excited about um, that will just increase the availability um, for our members to find us whenever they need to um, and in the best way that we can kind of translate our energy um, we've, we've been working hard on that. So that's well, and, and, and your, your openness around this. And also, um, I think even, um, you know, you talked about earlier how much resiliency this has, has built for you. Um, I would assume, and you can, is that, um, that resiliency is for all of the individuals that are part of your community is, is just as important for them. And, uh, um, I think even hearing this from, from your end, there's an authenticity that goes with it to be able to help them through that process too. So I'm sure it helps your kind of online community to hear you that you're going through some of the same kind of emotions and struggles that everybody else would be that are connected to you that way. Yeah, I think uh, as real as we can be with one another at every point in our lives is so critical. This feeling of, of not being alone, of, of not, um, not being the only one going through these tough times and, and just seeing other people do hard shit. Like it's just to watch someone else go through, you know, people know that this, this is the worst possible outcome that I could have predicted um, and, and I know my members, they know me, we are, you know, we're friends, we're, we're community members, we're comrades. Um, and, um, yes, I'm a leader, but I, but I'm also a, a human and 
I definitely think that as honest as I, as I can be about my experience um, is how I will always, you know, how I will always be. And, and I do think that there is strength in, in vulnerability and um, in showing, showing the world, you know, how we all can pick ourselves back up after hard things and keep moving forward. And, and then also, you know, as a leader, I find it hard to, to ask for support and for help. You know, I've lived most of my days just being there to give and to support. Um, and it was important for me to be really honest about where I was at so that people could do the same for me. And that was also a challenge was to accept help and love and support from the people who, you know, have have been, you know, wanting us to lead them to, to a more powerful and strong place. Um, and so that was a different shift in dynamic. And I think that that's also been really, really positive for me is to like accept help, accept love, accept support. Um, so that's from the big. people who are normally you're giving that instead of, of asking for it. And yeah. I, you, um, I know had, um, had really kind of promoted a lot about women entrepreneurship and, and, um, and women in particular that way. Um, you know, this, this impact, I know there's been lots of stuff that's, that's been looked at recently about how um, there's an unequal impact um, on, on women entrepreneurs right now in, in a negative way that, that there, there's a much harder impact, I think. And, and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But um, do you see that? And, uh, and is there something like if, if we're going to make sure that that support is there to be able to, keep the gains that had been happening before this moving. Um, are there things that you see as being really, really important over the next little while? I would love to, to hear more about your kind of take on the pandemic and female leaders. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure that I have felt that specifically. Yeah. As a woman, uh, as a female leader in general, I have felt you know, some challenges about, uh, around uh, respect, um, around this pressure to be positive all the time. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, women, subconsciously, we expect them to be nice. Um, and we are much, much, much more judgmental when they're not exactly perfectly nice with exclamation marks and, and XOs at the end of every, every encounter. Yeah. And I have certainly felt that throughout my career uh, thus far, uh, which which is is definitely challenging, and and um, I think that during the pandemic, when we've all been very upset, and we've all really needed people to rally, and they haven't always rallied in the ways that we've needed them to, including the government and our officials, you know, we just we just feel a really strong responsibility to always be nice, and you know, right now we don't feel that nice. We feel mad. Yeah. We feel yeah. scared. Uh, we feel um, like we want to shake people and get them to realize that it's, it's important to support us if they want us to stick around mm -hmm. um, and kind of experiences like that. So I think as a female going through the pandemic, that's, that's a little bit of it. Um, but yes, I think that, you know, I, I, my, my husband is my business partner um, and it's a it's often a different conversation when he's in the room, uh, which is which is a challenging thing to accept, and also one that I you know I try not to accept when I don't have to, um, yeah. and I try to command the respect that I I do feel like I deserve, um, but it's definitely an ongoing 
an ongoing battle with just kind of societal pressures. Yeah. Well, and you, and you want to make sure that that doesn't, because um, I, I was talking with somebody and, and part of the reason I asked the question is we talked recently with somebody who works in a, a large bank and, and part of um, uh, the worry about um, women in leadership initiatives and things like that is, is first of all, the, everything is about survival right now. So there's less about kind of, you know, making that change. Um, and, and a lot of um, women in leadership are, are also having to deal with exponentially more issues with, um, you know, having to help their children at home and things like that, which it yeah. should be shared, but we all know that that's not, uh, that hasn't been kind of equally impacted, I, I think. And, and so that's where some of just making sure that that the traction that was happening before this doesn't fall away and, and you're, you're starting from a, a different place again. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the reason the conversation point. is important, I think. So I 100% agree. And I don't have children of my own, uh, but I am seeing it impact a lot of other female business owners. Um, I honestly can't tip my hat to them enough. I actually feel like they're superhuman because even just keeping myself kind of alive, so to speak, over yeah. the last 10 months has been a challenge. Um, I have felt broken. I have felt like, you know, some days I couldn't get out of bed or do anything. And, you know, these women don't have that choice. Um, and then I'm also in a very privileged position because, um, you know, I can, I could close my business and not lose my home. And that is something that I really think is important to acknowledge. Um, there are people who own businesses and if the businesses fail, they lose everything. I have, talking to, I have talked to some leaders in the city who have talked about not being able to afford groceries um, during the pandemic. And that, that is the real struggle. And, and you know, obviously my experience isn't, isn't to be overlooked and, and I'm not trying to downplay it, but at the end of the day, like I'm still here, I'm still, you know, I'm yeah. still living, you know, a very similar life. And that is my privilege, 100% yeah. to acknowledge. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that's important as well. Um, so uh, from, from the standpoint of, of moving forward, how do, you, how do you reset your goals for the year when you've come through something that difficult? I mean, you've mentioned that you've got lots of things that you're starting to plan. Was it a, a different process for you to have to kind of figure out um, what you're going to do this year? And, and did you attack it in the same way or was it, um, was it very different for you? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think that I felt really strongly about not putting pressure on myself. So I tried to kind of step away from everything before I decided to re-engage with it. So asking myself really tough questions, like, do I want to continue with this business? Do I want to continue with this team? Do I, you know, because there's options. There's always options. And I think understanding that there's options is the first piece of, of really taking control is, is knowing that you could go this way, this way, this way. And we all have those options. And I think sometimes when we feel really cornered is when we make not great choices that are not based on our gut feelings. So taking a step back, looking at the landscape, looking at all of the things that I could possibly do in 2021 uh, post, you know, closure of the studio that was kind of step one. Um, and then recommitting myself to Bolo was step two was being like, no, I am, we are not done. Our story has not been told. 
we have more to give. And, um, you know, if it's not in this physical location at this time, it, you know, it doesn't deter us from really stepping forward on the same mission on the same path, uh, just in a different way. So, so deciding to double down on, on the online stuff with the same team, um, was a choice. And I think that that's so incredibly powerful, uh, to choose to continue, um, on this path together. And they all had to choose back, you know, uh, I had to have a really hard conversation with the team and I, you know, all of our contracts are out the window, you know, like the exclusivity and the things and the, you know, do like, you got to look out for yourself now. So you got to do what's best for you. And they also chose Bolo. And so I felt even more empowered, if anything, um, to, to kind of knock this one out of the park. And obviously coming from a TV background um, and, uh, and feeling really confident expressing myself over video, you know, doing online stuff feels really exciting and it feels really natural. And I'm, I'm actually pumped about it. So I feel really positive right now. I mean, obviously I've been through it and not every day is, is perky and amazing, but um, I think, you know, finding your purpose in each thing that you do is critical. If I didn't feel purposeful in it, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be me. It wouldn't have that magic. Um, And same with all the trainers that, you know, that are, are working hard with me on it. So I think, yeah, stepping back, assessing, and then reaffirming uh, your purpose and your passion for, for the next step is, is really critical. And, and I know you've touched on a few things there. And one thing that, you know, uh, uh, we, we talk to kind of, we ask every guest to kind of outline, okay, uh, somebody who's listening has taken a lot away from today. And, and I think uh, both from a um, authenticity kind of inspirational piece too. So thank you for being so kind of upfront with, um, with your journey and, and what's happened. Um, I, I think the other side would be if, if someone is at home and, and especially considering what you do, um, if there are two or three things that they can do to um, tackle their kind of physical and, and mental fitness at, at a time when that's really important, um, are there a couple of things that you would think would be, yeah, here are two or three things people could do, start right away just to get themselves on that path and, and, as we kind of move forward in 2021? Sure. Um, I think um, kind of the same way that I had to let go of this really strong picture of what Bolo was and who I was to it and who Bolo was to other people. It's like letting go of, of, of who you were pre-pandemic almost, right? So if you were a person who packed your bag and went to the spin studio every morning and you can't do that, that's okay. I think we need to like kind of let go of that piece of trying to hold on to it and find the next thing that is going to light you up. So being open-minded and not closed-minded to thinking, well, that's what I do. And if I can't do it, then I can't do anything. And being open-minded. And that takes time. Like think about how long it took us to create our habits before all of this giving yourself the grace of time and the grace of trying and, and liking things and trying and not liking things. I think give yourself permission to, to shut things off if it's not working for you. Um, but I think trying is critical. Ask your friends what they're doing, go on the internet, look it up, you know, follow new people and, and just try like try new things and 
um, yeah, give yourself permission to not be into it and to try something new the next day. But just yeah. because you don't love it like you loved the thing before, it doesn't mean you're not going to find something. So just keep on it, keep trying. Um, and, and I think that, you know, if we release some of that like crazy vice grip uh, to what it was, that we'll find something that, that can be just as beautiful, but different. Um, I think for me, two things. Uh, one thing is figuring out the time of day now that we're home all day, figuring out the time of day where you feel most, uh, most sharp and yeah. most strong. So for me, uh, my, my brain works really well when I first wake up. So I love to sit down at my computer with a cup of coffee, go through my emails, brainstorm some things if, if I'm working on new ideas um, and kind of chip away at that. And I also know that my body is physically strongest between like 11 and one. Um, so I've kind of created my own personal timeline in my days based on when I'm strongest mentally and physically. And the days that I can kind of keep with that are my most kind of successful days in quarantine. And um, so I would, I would kind of challenge people to ask themselves, like, when do you feel sharpest? When do you feel strongest? And not, not everyone has the flexibility, but if you can kind of move things around in your day to make sure that you're catalyzing on when you feel your best to do those tasks, I think that, that that's a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that my third point is just being really gracious with yourself. Offer yourself some grace. Um, if it feels like the perfect day to turn on a workout, awesome. If it feels like the perfect day to pop into bed and turn on Netflix, that's okay. And I think really just learning to trust ourselves that if our bodies and our minds are leading us a certain way in the day and lean into it, do what you need to do to get yourself through it and to restore your energy and try again the next day and don't write it off. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up, yeah. you know, lean in to, to what you need and then try again and just be so, so, so nice to yourself. We're all going through this for the very first time. It's not forever, but it is for now. And your voice more than ever before is the loudest one that you're going to hear. So try to be nice to yourself. I think that that's, that's really key. And just this whole idea of like getting into bed, isn't, it, it's not losing. It's not a failure. It's, it's actually just fine. It's actually yeah. just fine. However you need to cope today is perfect. And um, just keep trying things that, that might make you feel great and, and never stop being curious. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I mean, I know it's hard for people, especially when, you know, it feels like they haven't been able, haven't had any normalcy for what's begun, beginning to feel like a very long period of time. But I think those things are all really, really important. And, uh, uh, and just knowing things will, um, things will change. They always do. It's just, uh, if we come back differently, we come back differently. And, uh, you know, to, it's okay to, to take your time figuring out what that looks like for you. So um, if people are going to, um, to get in touch with you, follow your stuff, follow um, Bolo as well, what are the best ways of doing that, Callie? Best way to find me is on Instagram. Bolo is at Bolo Inc. I'm at Callie Fit. Um, and we've just got always lots of fun things happening. I love connecting with people. Slide into those DMs. Um, and uh, and I, I hope to connect with people. Awesome. 
Well, again, uh, thank you for taking the time. I know it's uh, it's a busy time for everybody, but um, uh, I think uh, people will have taken a lot away from the conversation today. So thank you very much for sharing as, as much as you have. Um, to anybody who is listening right now, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, make sure you do that right now. Um, we have great guests every week um, and uh, we'll be, uh, you'll be able to take a lot away from that. Um, also take a look at the website, which is www.bigideabigmoves.com. Um, you can connect to the podcast on any of the platforms that, uh, that you might use throughout your day. Um, the other thing is, is there's an enrichment page on there that uh, if you're looking to put together a book list or, or be able to, to access some of the development materials, definitely do that. And we will uh, be back again next week on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thank you very much again, Kelly. Have a, have a great one. Thank you so much.